93.7 FM. I'm Weekend Gabe, holding it down for Chi-Town right here on Radio 1 Chicago. Don't forget to follow us on the internet and uh, social medias at Radio 1 Chicago and drop us some new music. If you're an upcoming artist looking to get on your grind, Radio1Chicago.com backslash submit and you can uh, drop off your music and we'll check it out and we might put it in the mailbag. All right, in the meantime, in between time, joining us now, a friend of the show, well, first time on Radio 1 Chicago, but a friend of mine, he appears regularly on the Morning Rush on Sunday mornings here on WLUW. It's a pleasure to welcome Gabe Salgado here to Radio 1 Chicago. How you doing, man? Doing pretty good. How about you guys? Good, man. It's different. It's a different vibe. It's like it's not uh, as early grind mode set at like 8.30 in the morning on a Sunday, which, uh, you know, is not ideal. So this is a little bit more comfortable. Yeah, and usually on those Sunday shows, half the time I'm like just getting out of bed. <laughs> 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 it's like, it's like I, I get up, I get up, I do the phone, do, do, the, do the phone thing. And then go back to sleep for like another few minutes. <laughs> exactly, like the uh, like sometimes the the answer is a little bit incoherent, but it's all good, man. It's, you know, it's early, so I understand. Yeah, especially since I don't drink coffee. So it's like... <laughs> yeah, usually Sunday mornings I, I get up. There's a Starbucks that's uh, open at five a.m. here by the station, and uh, I just drop in there, get a tea with a little bit of caffeine in it, and then that that's my go until like nine o'clock, and then I just crash. Like yeah, there's a, you know, you know. Now that I think about, it, there's a lot of business businesses that have opened up there in the last few years. I, <laughs> I, I'll tell you what, because I, I used to I used to live on the north side for a long time. I lived in uh, uptown. I lived in Edgewater, and you know, I used to go by the Loyola area a lot mm. frequently. And it, it's a lot different than it was 20 years ago. I can tell you that much. Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, well, it's good to have you on. We got a lot to talk about. Uh, so the uh, Chicago Bears, uh, they are uh, two and one as they enter into their uh, Week Four matchup uh, versus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who are on a kind of a hot streak themselves. Uh, both teams equaling out at two and one. Uh, we saw the the Buccaneers, uh, you know, struggle a little bit with the Steelers before making a heroic comeback, but falling a, a shy short. And uh, the uh, Fitz Fitz Magic is it definitely in the air. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the before we get into the matchup. The the Chicago Bears are surprisingly off to a really good start. Uh, Khalil Mack is obviously the uh, the MVP star that uh, we just can't get enough of here in Chicago. Uh, I know that uh, before the Khalil Mack trade, you know there was kind of like a hopeful optimism that this team might be five and one. But after three weeks, it looks like things might be a little bit better than that. Well, I'll tell you what. You know the defense has definitely carried this team. Uh, you know through the early goings of the season. I mean, you take a look at you know, how effective they were in the first half against Green Bay. Obviously, second half was another story. Khalil Mack didn't play much in the second half. Neither did Roquan Smith. You know, their conditioning is a part of that because they pretty much missed the entire preseason and training camp. And, you know, so you kind of had to get them acclimated. And, you know, the offense obviously hasn't been that great, but the defense has really uh, carried this team through the season. And, you know, they'll have to lean on it again, you know, until the offense can kind of pick things up. Offensively, you know, obviously Mitchell Trubisky, his first full season as the starter, he's still kind of learning a few things. And, you know, obviously, you know, I don't think he's fully grasped, you know, Nagy's offense and what, what it can do. And I think that the Bears offensively, they'll probably need to run the ball more. You know, it was good to see Jordan Howard and Tariq Cohen right. get, more, get more carries last week. And, you know, if they, can, if they can stick to that and lean on their defense, they definitely have a chance. Obviously, you know, they don't know which quarterback is going to play on Sunday. I would assume... Ryan Fitzpatrick because he's carried this team while Jameis Winston has been suspended. But at the same time, you know, Jameis Winston is their long-term investment. You know, he's the future of the, of the team. And, 
you know, but, you know, the, the, the difference is, you know, Ryan Fitzpatrick is probably the better pure passer, while Jameis Winston, you know, was, you know, slightly more athletic. But, you know, either way, the Bears, you know, they're, the, their best approach would be to prepare for both quarterbacks because they're not sure which one they're going to get in Tampa. Tampa hasn't let on as to whether or not they're going to start either Winston or Fitzpatrick. But I have to say with the way Fitzpatrick is playing, that they'll probably start they'll probably start him because he's been carrying this team so far. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I mean, that's what we look forward to as uh, the, the Fitzmagic uh, Fitzpatrick. Uh, Fitzmagic is just a, just a wonderful thing. <laughs> it's like it's crazy. Uh, but uh, that's a wonderful story. But uh, what about are the Chicago Bears, uh, Mr. Trubisky, like like you were kind of saying, like he's been kind of like uh, struggling a little bit in uh, Matt Nagy's uh, offense here. And we're really not sure what we're going to get to week to week. Do you kind of get the sense that they're really – uh, shortening down this offense for him to make comfortable throws. We see him very comfortable uh, throwing the out pattern or throwing a quick uh, inside pattern off uh, off play action. But then once he kind of gets into those uh, plays that require a little bit more patience and reading the field, that's when we get into a little bit of trouble, or at least he does. Uh, what is your uh, sort of outlook on uh, how the how his progression is going through going through so far through three weeks? You know, you hit it right on the head. You know, obviously, last week against Arizona, he felt more comfortable with the shorter passes, struggled with the deeper ones, where he's required, you know, to hang on to the ball a little longer and read the field a little more. You know, in a sense, he's technically still a rookie because, he, you know, he's learning a new offense. The first time he's going to start a full season last year, he came in midseason, and we all know John Fox's offense doesn't have as much of an expansive playbook as Matt Nagy's does. So. Right. You know, I, I think you're asking a lot of him. Obviously, you know, you know, with training camp and the mini camps and everything in the off season, we heard a lot of good things about how he's picking up the offense. And hey, if he's able to absorb the information, that's fine. But it seems like the the difficulty has been transitioning that into the field to play. And plus, it didn't help that he only played one or two preseason games. You know, obviously, right. you know, the Bears didn't really play their starters much. And you know, I had said, you know, dur- you know, during the month of August when that was going on, that. You know, I understood why Man Nagy, you know, kept the starters out for the most part, but at the same time, I think, at least from an offensive standpoint, it was a detriment to the team because when the starting offense did play in the preseason, they weren't very good. And the fact that you limited a lot of their reps as the preseason went on, it kind of didn't, kind of didn't really help the team. It was mostly the backup scoring all the points. So, and I think we're starting to see the consequences of that now. But, you know, hopefully, you know, you know, Trubisky will you know, kind of open things up a little bit more as the season progresses and start to get more get more comfortable but I but this is just the case of where you know not getting those reps in preseason games is kind of coming back to bite the Bears for a little bit here how, how fascinating is it that we seem the the Chicago Bears uh, seem to go through this pattern uh doesn't matter who's the head coach but we go through this similar pattern of a strong defense but a weaker offense at, at the helm uh, it, it just seems like it doesn't really matter who's at the uh, who's the head coach. It seems like we always go through this where we never see a really strong offense and a weaker side defense. Everything seems to always uh, be more one sided than the other. Uh, what, what do you what do you attribute that to? Because it's not the same people drafting these folks uh, the last 10, 15, 20 years. But somehow we still consider to, to em, uh, end up in the same space. Uh, you know, that's a very good question. And aside from, you know, uh, I know it takes years from, to answer. But. Uh, aside from that being, you know, the the history of the team, it's what the team was built on. You know, that, you know that's, that's kind of a tough answer. Obviously, the NFL is more of an offensive league now than it is a defensive league with all the rules in place and, 
And, you know, referees so quick to throw flags on, on every other play. Yeah, that's nice. You know, the, this league is definitely tailored to offense, but somehow the Bears didn't get the memo. Uh, you know, it, you're, you're right. It, it's just kind of weird, kind of a weird thing. But, you know, hopefully, um, you know, as uh, Nagy, you know, as long as he's here as the head coach and, you know, they keep drafting the players that they need and bringing in the guys that will help get this offense moving, hopefully uh, that'll change or at least the offense could be equal to the defense. But right now, I mean, it's, you know, it's the formula that's kind of that's brought us, you know, you know, cha- championships and, you know, playoff spots. And, you know, it's what we have to lean on right now. Absolutely. We're talking with Gabe Salgado, Chicago sports writer and the co-host of the Rewind Sports 60 here on Radio 1 Chicago on 88.7 FM WLUW. Uh, we got a number of uh, key injuries or injuries uh, where uh, players weren't uh, practicing today. Uh, Prince Amakamara and Marcus Cooper uh, were out uh, and uh, 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 wide receiver Miller, uh, he was also uh, set, set out today with a left shoulder injury. Uh, do you foresee any of these uh, injuries playing a significant uh, part in the, the Bears game plan or uh, a detriment to their plan uh, this coming uh, Sunday against the uh, Buccaneers? Well, I saw the hit that, that Miller took, and obviously, yeah, that was you know, yeah, I mean, he, he took a pretty hard hit. So I think, you know, if he's not ready to go, you know, don't don't force it. The Bears still have, you know, talent on, on the offense that they can work with. Mukamara is going to be a huge loss if he doesn't play. You, you take a look at what he did, you know, against against Arizona last week, and then before that against Tampa. I mean, he's you know grabbing interceptions, and I want to say he has one of the one of the pick sixes that went for a touchdown. And you know, he's really uh, you know you know stepped up his game as he as he's grown within this team. And you know, you take a look at how he's been covering receivers, forcing turnovers, and things of that nature. Losing him is going to be a big loss for the team. So hopefully he can, hopefully holding him out of practice is just a way to get him, get him fresh and ready for Sunday. But that remains to be seen. But like I said, Anthony Miller, obviously he's a talented player, but the bears have, you know, enough talent to cover up for his loss. Should he not be able to play on Sunday? Absolutely. Um, what do you, what do you, how do you see this playing out? Uh, the bears coming out on top or Buccaneers still one in Chicago? You, you know, um, with, with the question marks at quarterback for Tampa Bay, we don't know who's going to start. And, you know, you take a look at how they were rattled against Pittsburgh. And, you know, Pittsburgh has a strong defense, too. I, I think it's going to be another close game for for the Bears. And, you know, if they pull out, it'll probably be by a short margin again, just like it was against Arizona. Yeah. It's kind of outstanding, uh, astounding that the Bears so far, their their high point was uh, their opening night against Green Bay, 23 points. Uh, no, they would actually just score 24 against the um, the Seahawks online. Uh, but they definitely need to put up more points uh, going forward. Uh, 16 against the Cardinals last week, just barely enough. That's not going to cut it going into uh, going against Tampa Bay. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the uh, Chicago Cubs. They clinched their fourth straight playoff appearance uh, yesterday with a uh, with a win against the Pittsburgh Pirates, and uh, I think it was ten inning uh, game. That, <laughs> that this is like the highlights on that is just amazing. Uh, but what uh, four year, four years in a row playoff experience uh, playoff appearances? That it kind of feels personally like the Cubs are turning into the New York uh, Yankees with all these playoff appearances and this expectation to win it every year. Uh, do you get that uh, sense of feeling? You know, I've heard the buzz about that, but let's not compare the Cubs to the Yankees until I know, they bring I, a couple, yeah, couple yeah, I more championships. No, um, I, yeah, I know. You can't, but, you can't even compare the, the level of success, but it definitely feels like it's starting to streamline that way. Well, you know, I'll tell you what, it's a big accomplishment for this team because it's never happened with the Cubs before. Mm. And, you know, they have the pieces in place to do it. But what concerns me about this team, obviously, you know, like both them and the Brewers clinch. So it's a matter of 
which team walked away with the division title and which team has to play in the wild card game uh, next week. And I, I got to be honest with you, I, I do have some concerns about this team. Obviously, you know, the bullpen has been used and abused all year. And I, I don't mean abused in the sense that it's a bad thing. I mean abused in the sense that, you know, they pretty much had to go out there just about every game. You know, rarely do they get a night off. And, you know, um, lately, you know, Kyle Hendricks has been going deeper in the game. So has John Lester. But in all reality, you know, this you know this Cubs team is lucky if they can get five innings, you know, 100 and something pitches out of their starters. And then it's up to the bullpen the rest of the way. And, you know, with Pedro Strope injured and, you know, holding out hope that he'll be able to come back in the postseason, Brandon Morrow's out for the rest of the year. Um Hugh Darvish hasn't been much of a factor, so I don't think he—I don't think that'd be much of a difference. But you know, you just take a look at you know, you know, like how taxed this bullpen has been. You know, the question is, can they hold up in October? And not just that, but the team itself. You know, the other players have had injuries. The Cubs have had a lot of guys going back and forth on the disabled list over the last couple months, pretty much since the All Star break, really. And you know, you got to wonder—you know—who's going to be who's going to be healthy, and you know, can they depend on the on these guys to get through? another postseason, you know, because, you know, obviously guys are tired, guys are, you know, injured off and on. The You know, the pitching staff's had a lot asked of them. And, you know, I, as much as I would like like to see this team bring another championship to Chicago, at the same time, you know, you got to wonder, can they hold up for the, for the grind of October? Because, you know, right now, I mean, they're running on fumes heading it, just getting through September. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, so they finish up uh, tonight with the, the Pirates and then they have the St. Louis Cardinals back here in Chicago and like you were mentioning like having no days off and all those um all those uh, cancellations during uh through due to, uh, to weather you know they were very like they bunched in all their games together so they like you said they've been running on fumes and this is something that I've been mentioning that is almost like this uh like yes you had to throw everything at you know that you can to make sure you get into the playoffs but we've seen plenty of teams also do this where they just you know they threw starters into bullpen roles just to make sure they got in but then once you get in it's kind of like you've expended all your energy and some of your talent and like you don't really have anything left over and then with the deep uh um uh nl uh playoff uh, the teams you know the expectation is that you're probably not gonna be able to offer much and if they get into one guard one game playoff that also doesn't fare well for the cubs i don't think Exactly, because then we know not only when you talk about a one-game playoff, you got to ask yourself, okay, well, who do we put on the mound? Because if we win this game, then we have another three to five-game series ahead of us after right. that. And you know, the, and I'm not again. Also, you're taking into account, you know, injuries, and you're taking into account, you know, which guys do you want to, you know, do you want to, do you want to expend? Because you know, obviously, the, if they get the wild card game, they'll get a day off before they have to play, and then they'll get another day off before they figure out who they're playing after that but again you know having to constantly reset your roster and adjust lineups just to kind of make sure you don't tire guys out then that's what joe madden's been trying to do for the last couple of months but you know it's proven to be difficult with guys going on the disabled list and you know sometimes having to substitute guys who are you know doing you know doing really good for players that are that are slumping at the plate because you just want to give guys a rest and make sure they have fresh legs hitting in october so that's going to be the biggest challenge for for the cubs you know for, for this postseason is, you know, can, can they keep guys healthy and can they keep guys, you know, energized so they can go out there because um, it's a whole other level once October comes around. And, that and you know, as, as happy as I am to, to see their success at the same time, this year probably concerns me more than the previous year simply because of the fact that, 
you know, that, you know, they're kind of walking wounded to some degree. And, that, sure. and that's going to be a big question mark for this team. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I wanted to, there was a hot, uh, a hot story that came out of Wrigley Field this, uh, this week on Tuesday night at uh, Mexican Heritage Night of all nights, the incident that occurred in the bleachers after the game had taken place where a race, racial slur was uh, used by one of the patrons. Uh, and, you know, this brought up a lot of uh, previous feelings by those who have uh, players, Chicago Cubs players, who have uh, played in the outfield and uh, and exhibited some sort of some form of racial uh, expression from the bleachers? Do you think this is something that the, the Cubs need to really address going forward? Because uh, this doesn't seem to be a one-time incident, but an ongoing experience for those who are who are out in the outfield or either player or in the, or in the outfield. Uh, what what is your take on the, what the Cubs should or how should they be addressing this? You know, I saw the, the many videos that were taken of the incident. Obviously, there's been focus on just one or two videos, but I've seen about maybe three, maybe four. And, you know, just looking at it from every angle, not sure what started the fight, but obviously it was clear that, you know, uh, racial slurs were, were used. And, you know, it, it's it's just, it's just unfortunate that, you know, with the current, you know, political and social climate that we're in in this country that, you know, you know, certain, you know, certain people feel more emboldened to use, mm. you know, those, those type of, you know, remarks and slurs out in the open with, you know, with no shame and, and no fear of consequences. And, um, you know, as for as to whether or not, you know, you know, the Cubs need to step up security. That's not for me to say, because, you know, it's not often that you see things happen. Like, because obviously, you know, yes, there's the players who get things, you know, let them from the bleacher seats, get things thrown and things like that. But, uh, I, to my knowledge and, and to my experience, being at Wrigley Field many times myself, I can't ever recall, you know, something like this happening. I mean, obviously, there's been times where people have a little too much to drink and get a little out of hand, and things happen that way. But, you know, this was this was a whole another level, and you know, I, you know, I just, you know, it just made me sick to my stomach. Seeing oh, absolutely. And, and I mean, and regardless of how it got how it got started or or what the issue was, it shouldn't have gotten to that point. And you know, and and you know, obviously, you know, you know, you know, you and I, you know, you and I, being Hispanic, we we know that, you know, like we face stuff like this every day, as all minorities do, unfortunately, and especially now, in this country, with you know, with the you know, with the current presidential administration, it's just you know, there are, you know, certain there are certain part parts of, uh, you know, you know, this great nation of ours that feel more emboldened to to say things like this, and and it's just unfortunate. Hopefully. Hopefully there will be some sort of consequence because it's just it's just uncalled for. Uh, the violence the violence is uncalled for again. You know the video obviously doesn't show right. how it got started. It just it just shows the fight breaking out and and the one person yelling yelling the slurs. You know as security was trying to break everything up. But you know it, you know it was it was just sad to see. I mean the good thing was it was as the game was ending, so it's not like it was in the middle of the game where the TV cameras can catch it and you know, it becomes this whole big thing. Obviously, it was people with, you know, with smartphones that, that recorded the incident and uploaded it to the Internet and social media. But, you know, it, it's just a very, very sad thing to see because, you know, obviously, you know, even though, you know, Cub, you know, Cubs fans and White Sox fans have an opinion of one another's ballparks, to be honest with you, right? I've always, I've always looked at the bleachers as like a fun, you know, party-type oh, atmosphere, sure. yeah. especially during the summer when, when the weather is nice and, you know, when you got the – view of the buildings and the rooftops in back of you and you know with the wind blowing out giving you a nice breeze and you know it's just unfortunate that you know that this, that this happened and i'm sure it's probably happened at other venues and other sports too but you know just 
just the fact that it happened in, in, in a city such as diverse as Chicago, whereas you and I both know, you know, you, you know, you have people from all walks of life and, 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 you know, in different neighborhoods. And it's just sad that, you know, sports is supposed to be where we can come all come together, you know, put aside our differences and, you know, cheer for our team, have a good time. And, you know, it, it's just sad that it's just sad that this happened, and it also angers me. Angers me too because, it, it, yeah, I mean, hopefully, you know, there's some good that'll come out of it, and hopefully that, you know, there's something. I mean, I don't know if you can prevent all instances of this, but to kind of, you know, make sure that you know it doesn't happen as frequently, especially with you know the Cubs probably getting some more home games ahead with the playoffs, depending on how deep they go, and you know, it, you know, it's just very sad, and it, and it puts a, a stain on another, on another wise, you know. A good diverse environment sure. for baseball. Yeah, absolutely. Seven fifty two here on Radio One Chicago. We're talking with Gabe Salgado, Chicago sports writer, here on eighty eight seven FM WW. Before we get out of here, a couple quick hits. Uh, Corey Crawford. Uh, what is? Uh, what do you think? That's how that's going to play out with the Blackhawks. They're they're in their uh, preseason right now. He's look. He does. He's maybe available at the beginning of the season. We're still not sure yet. Do you think he ever comes back? I hope so. You know, when you, you you take a look at how how cautious and how careful the team is being with him, it, it means one of two things: either one, you know, the the team and the league are taking you know concussion issues you know very seriously, and that they don't want to have you know an NFL type situation on their hands where you know concussions are constantly coming back to, to haunt the league as the as the NFL is experiencing. Right. But it could also mean that you know that you know whatever happened with Corey Crawford is a lot more serious than, than we're all being led to believe. Obviously, you know, head injuries are, you know, it's not something that you could just, you know, you could just rehab or put ice on it and, and feel better, feel better in a few days. You know, this is a, you know, we're talking about the brain. We're talking about, you know, how your, how your body thinks and, and, and helps the rest of your body function. And, right. you know, I, you know, my hope is that they're just taking their time with Crawford to make sure that he's a hundred percent healthy. Uh, I'm just hoping it's not something, a lot more serious than we'll be led to be. So all we could do is just, you know, wait, you know, there, you know, we can't rush it, you know, and it's not like, you know, it's keeps coming back from a, from a knee injury or an ankle injury, you know, and, and, you know, you, you kind of wonder how we got it because, you know, Goldie's aside from maybe taking an occasional puck to the helmet, you know, you don't see Goldie's getting in a lot of contact. They're not getting smashed into boards. Goldie's don't get into as many fights as other position players do. So, you know, goalies don't. You know, goalies don't get as much contact as other players have. They get not to say that they don't. I mean, they wear all that padding for a reason. I mean, just getting a puck shot at you 80 miles an hour is is something to deal with. But you know, it, it just kind of makes you wonder just how serious you know the situation with Corey Crawford is. And you know, the team is taking their time with them. They have their reasons for doing that. And all we could do is the Philadelphia 76ers. They trust the process on this one. All right. Well, we'll see how it plays out. Gabe, thank you so much for uh, getting – well, you didn't really have to get up out of bed for this one, but we appreciate you phoning in nonetheless. All right, well, I, think, I appreciate it. Hopefully, uh, hopefully I'll come on more often. I like this Thursday night thing. <laughs> well, we'll definitely make time for you uh, later as we get deeper into the NFL season and as basketball begins to pick up a little bit more. We got a lot. We didn't even get into the Bulls, uh, who had media day this week. Uh, but nonetheless, we still got time ahead of us. Thank you so much for joining us, man. We appreciate it. All right, take care. All right, Gabe Salgado joining us, Chicago sports writer on 88.7 FM Radio 1 Chicago.